0: You're listening to The Technology Podcast. This week's episode, we talk to Philip Clayson, the Chief Information Officer at SSE Energy, and Sherald Kirkhamkar, the Client Partner at Infosys. We cover topics such as digital transformation, smart homes, and renewable technologies for energy-saving agenda.
1: Yeah, um, if I just uh, read out the question, and then you guys can just take it away. Okay. Please tell me about yourselves and uh, why you said work for SSE and Shrag, why you to work for Infosys?
2: So Phil I'm CIO of SSE Energy Services. Energy Services was part of SSE Group until uh, January this year. My role uh, there as CIO of that division was to go in and support the board of SSE Group in the divestment of SSE Energy Services into some new ownership. Uh, so my first four or five months was about getting the team, um, the culture, the technology, um, and, uh, sort of all of the, 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 whole of the IT team, uh, ready for moving across to new ownership. Um, new ownership is now confirmed as OVO Energy. That's our new, new owner. OVO is a challenger brand. So we've gone from being part of one of the big six energy companies in the UK to, um, in being inside a challenger brand being the biggest division inside that challenger brand um and my job now uh, looking forward is to run the it transformation uh, the it integration both at a technology level and a people level of all the teams in that in that business so um that's why i decided to work for uh ssc i've done um similar transactions for a number of big organizations over the years including macquarie bank uh tool talk a vt uh, uh and oracle um so this is the kind of thing i do so i go into businesses i do these kind of either acquisitions or investments th- i'm you know i'm not a steady state cio i'm a transformational style cio in that space
0: I, I like your last statement that you're not a steady state type of cio
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get bored i get bored
0: <laughs> amazing Right, so my name is Chirak Hirgankar. currently client partner for uh, SSE Group, including SSE Energy Services. I've spent about 17 years with Infosys now, uh, doing various roles. So way back in 2003, when I joined Infosys, right? So that was the most aspirational brand in India India to join. It was an iconic company, right? With several first, right? First to be uh, listed on NASDAQ, exponential growth, almost a household name within India, right? It still is, right? It's just that now the scale is much, much bigger, right? So the company has witnessed really exponential growth. So when I joined, we were less than a billion dollar in revenue. Today, we are more than $12 billion, right? So I worked in a lot of different geographies, mainly in client-facing roles, and I have enjoyed each challenge, you know, different cultures. So I worked in the US, Australia, Switzerland, UK, right? Uh, various geographies, uh, and as I said, mostly in client facing roles. And uh, the challenge I like is, you know, uh, how do we continuously make ourselves relevant for our clients right Uh, now with the digital transformation, right? uh, Being the in thing last three years, our company has invested heavily on digital transformation, right, uh, through a well defined framework. And we'll talk about that later. And how do we bring those capabilities to our clients? To help them solve their problems, right? Uh, And similar to Phil, right? It's not about steady state, really. IT, if you look at IT, it's never in steady state. There is a steady state aspect of keeping the lights on. But then, you know, the technology evolves so fast, right? Uh, That we need to be on our toes. And that is a challenge I enjoy as well. So there's a lot of learning, uh, focus on learning in this company. Uh, There is a focus of continuous upskilling yourselves, right? Irrespective of the level where you are in and uh, yeah it's all fun so uh, have i have enjoyed my students so far <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that's good to hear um now phil when i was having a look at your linkedin i could see you've had a very diverse career you've worked for news corp oracle bt countrywide but um technology definitely seems to be the constant thing um so how would you say that your previous experience has shaped your approach to the cio role good question so um, I've always been in technology.
2: Um, I started as an engineer, I wrote software, did infrastructure, did some architecture, uh, got into security, did some product development, um, then ran some big operational teams. So I've had a taste of um, all of that and quite a bit more. Um, like Chirag, I've worked uh, internationally. Uh, I worked on the West Coast for a while. Uh, when I was at Oracle, I worked all over Europe uh, when I was at News Corp. Um, so the... I think it was quite a lot of grounding through my early sort of 10, 15 years of my early career where I sort of picked up quite a lot of different skills, different things I could bring to bear. So I wasn't um, a full on developer and sort of come up all the way up through the roots or a, or a hardware person all the way up through the roots. I've sort of moved around a little bit and picked up different skills. So I think first um, first. Learning point that helps me with this was I ran the Met Police IT team for a few years in 2004 uh, to 2006, and we had at uh, that time the London terror attacks 77 and 217, which now seems like a lifetime ago, but it was a big, uh, big thing at the time. And I took the team through quite an emotional journey um, and we did a big technology transformation on the back of that because the radios couldn't work underground and various other things in back in those days. So um, that taught the Met that it had to come up to speed, it had to be able to use radios on the move, radios underground, uh, pan London and, and a huge investment program followed. And I ran that for the Met um, technically. So that was the first big example of doing a huge change program um, back in 2005, if that was um then i went into um Arkiva, which is owned by macquarie bank and did uh, a number of acquisitions for Arkiva, including a 2.5 billion pound technology acquisition it was the biggest um of its time by far and again learned to do huge transformation in technology uh take teams on a cultural journey big integration uh, conversation um and i was there for six years then i did um uh, London 2012. I built the media centre at Stratford, the broadcast centre for TV at Stratford in um, in 2009, 10, and 11, ready for London 2012. Again, one of those things where you can't move the date. Um, there's no option to you know delay the beginning of the Olympics. That doesn't happen. Um, well, apart from this year in Japan. But, um, back then, back then it was it it wasn't you know it just wasn't on the cards. So did that for a few years. Really enjoyed that. Then I did some consulting experience and then i went to talktalk um, did a couple of acquisitions and then uh, spent a year or so recovering talktalk Talk from its cyber attack which was at the time again very newsworthy um, very embarrassing data breach um, so that again taught me how to do massive turnaround massive speed transformation in the technology space very very quickly all these things are you know moments in time where you don't really have a lot of time to think you just got to get on and do you know do things correctly um and then uh, joined SSC. So I did a quick uh, piece of board advisory and a couple of other companies joined SSC to do this particular piece of work. So to divest um, SSC retail or energy services, as it's now called, um, to find a new owner, uh, to move the technology and the technology teams across. So, yeah, I think um, really interesting career. But all those things the Met Police, the 7 7, uh, the Arkiva MA work building out London 2012 in the media center and the talk talk cyber breach have all sort of contributed to my career
1: and similarly Sharag how would you say that your previous experience prepared you for your current role
0: right so I have been working as a client partner since uh, 2013 now and within utilities sector as well so so I used to be a client partner for EDF energy right another UK big six company so so i did pick up a lot of domain skills and you know what matters for utilities companies i already had a deep technology background so i started my career as a sap functional consultant so i used to run sap transformation programs implementations before moving on to a more um, client partner role right so uh, yeah so c- having come from a good technology background it was about you know scaling up on the domain aspects and you know Uh, how how do we best uh, help our clients solve those challenges? So after having spent four years uh, as a client partner, moving on to a larger account, I guess, it was a natural move for me, right? So uh, from that point of view, it was a pretty smooth journey, I would say, on the technology side and domain sides both.
1: Superb. Um, so now I'd like to learn um, a little bit more about SSE in your own words. Um, how would you say that it's different from its competitors, first of all?
2: Um, in many ways, it, it's, it's, It's. I think, you know, Chirag mentioned DDF. Um, all of the utility sector probably tries to achieve the same thing. Good customer service, decent return on investment, decent cash flow, decent profit. Um, so I think everyone's everyone's trying to do the same thing. I think what became um, really interesting with being part of SSE Group was that the group was heading in a direction of energy generation, energy transmission and increased um, the renewable energy. And um, the retail part of the business was obviously very cost competitive. The margins were very um, compressed and it was um, a business which was needing lots and lots of investment to keep up with um keep up with the digital market not just in energy but in telecoms in retail um in banking where there's a huge digital agenda uh, running and i think um that was different to the strategy that sse group wanted, appeared to want which was to invest in big infrastructure big long-term projects like wind farms and those sorts of things so i think um the the strategies and the the expectations and the requirements of the two businesses were were quite different and therefore um there was obviously internal discussion on which group uh, which part of the group got what level of investment and i think therefore um probably because of that infrastructure side of the business being the strategic direction for group SSE energy the retail side of the business probably um deviated slightly and therefore that it was really interesting to see the two to try and co line and that's the reason they were put up for sale it was effectively something which was not really aligned with where the main group wanted wanted to go um that's different to some of the competitors. Some of the competitors have the same challenges SSE Group had. They have a retail arm and they have an infrastructure asset investment arm. Others don't. And I think that's where the sort of differences come. It's about that. that The difference has been that in that market uh, market space. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's the key difference, I would say, between the competitors.
1: Um, so, yeah. So that's a little bit about how it was different. Um, would you say that the OVO acquisition has changed its direction? I suppose from what you were saying, it being a challenger brand, perhaps it uh, really has yeah i think so i think the speed i mean
2: SSE ng services retail was a was a quicker cycle business than some some of the asset side of the ssc group um just naturally because of the life scar life cycle and style of the products that it developed um OVO is another uh, magnitude of speed. Again, it's an incredibly agile, nimble business. It's been a small business, so it had that luxury to go faster. It's now a big business. It's gone from 1,500 people to 11,000 people overnight. So it's 10 times almost. Um, So that's gonna really have a different uh, bearing on the speed at which the business can go. Um, Has it changed direction? I think both businesses had shared values in as much as they respected their customers, they wanted to do the best they could for their customers, offer good customer service, offer good products. Um, OVO has a different set of propositions to SSE Energy Services. It's more interested in customers that are also interested in saving energy in other ways. So, for example, it might be solar panel, it might be electric vehicle, uh, it might be ground pump. But there's other things that the, o- the OVO team um, believe in. They also have a very close association with Plan Zero, which is their carbon uh, environmental strategy. Um, and I think that that comes through a lot stronger than perhaps it did at SSC. Um I think has it changed direction? Uh, not dramatically, but it's enhanced some of the things we want to do in terms of dealing with our customers.
1: And is there anything you'd like to expand on there, Shirag, in terms of um, working with um, SSE after this acquisition?
0: Yeah I can see uh, I can clearly see you know uh, some change in culture mainly around uh you know digital transformation I would say the pace of digital transformation and the urgency to adapt more digital solutions has certainly increased right so uh, other than that I would say uh, the 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 good things of you know uh, the the trust and transparency and the teamwork that that uh, is there uh I think those those good parts are all still there which is good yeah mm-hmm. uh, but with ovo being a fully uh, digital company i'm sure you know those learnings uh, from, from them would be very useful to transform the sse retail part as well
1: and what would you say phil has been sse's greatest success to date
2: um i think our customer service is well recognized We've got huge customer service uh, reputation. We generally do really well in the um, Net Promoter scores um, and other things. I think most recently in the time I've been there, I've been there um, less than a year. But in the time I've been there, I think the business has accelerated. It's got more strategic. It's probably become more commercially aware. Um, as Chirag said, you know, huge amount of energy and speed in technology transformation. We're really pushing hard to get tech transformation moving uh, more quickly in a less bureaucratic way um with better results you know literally daily in some cases so you know Chirag's team has been turning out work for the last five or six weeks at an enormous pace um around some massive transformation we want to do in 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 what would normally be years but it's going to you know realistically it's probably gonna be a few months so yeah pace is a word i like to use it's a really good sort of you know um sort of emotive style speed word um but a lot of teamwork a lot of success. Um, Success breeds more success as you feel you can achieve things, then you get more ambitious and you achieve more. So that's really quite, uh, quite evident in the in the team at the minute.
1: What would you both say is um, an example of good leadership or the qualities that a good leader should have, especially during these very challenging times?
0: Yeah, for me, I think it is about uh, really enabling and empowering your team, right? So, so that there are, there are more leaders under you because you know in a day, you will have only so much of bandwidth right to micromanage. It's not about micromanaging, it's about empower, empowering them, allowing them to fail, take decisions, right, and create more leaders under you. Right. Uh, and it's also about uh, keeping them motivated to do the right thing. Right. So, for example, uh, the entire Infosys team, uh, I mean, Infosys retail team currently in SSE, currently working for SSE, They've all decided to go for either Azure or AWS certification. Whoever doesn't have, and it is uh, through their own motivations, you know, to adapt to the digital world. And uh, I was not even aware, and I, I felt very proud when I heard of this that you know they have set a target for this year to complete their certifications in their spare time. Right? Whoever has not worked on cloud technologies, they want to upskill themselves and learn. Right? And I, and I think that that is what uh, leadership leadership is all about. It's about empowering your own team.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with Chirag. I think it's, that's an excellent point. I think um, when I arrived, the team I had 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 very little investment in training, sadly. Um, you know, ab- absolutely nothing. So we did a bit of a skills audit, capability audit. And, you know, like emphasis, we looked at cloud. We also looked at digital. We looked at cyber. Um, we looked at data um you know the five or six sort of cornerstones of most uh, and indeed emphasis is technology sort of corporate te- worldwide technology strategies all the big all the big areas that people have to focus on automation is another one um and some of the guys in the team hadn't had any investment at all they'd had no training for years so we put the um, uk team through a massive training program um we put them in through agile and kanban we put them in through product management for digital products uh, lots of cyber training um, huge amount of digital training uh, we did some leadership development training so they could understand how people think so we did all the sort of normal models of you know leadership profiling leadership behaviors leadership communication styles i spent about a quarter of million pounds in three months on training which was unheard of it's a massive number um and it, i think we we ended up with hundreds of days of training Invested, uh, and people were training about fifty percent of their week for many, many weeks on the trot Um, and it gave people a boost, like Invises have done. You know, with the team under Chirag, it gave people a real boost. On you know, they were actually being invested in, and they felt you know they were keeping their skills up to date. And it was um, it's been a really good result. People, the motivation has been higher. People's morale has improved, and their ability to actually understand what's going on in the tech space has also obviously improved as a result. So, a massive quarter million pound investment for you know um, for a team that had been underinvested in.
1: If we now move on to technology, um, can you please describe for me SSE's digital transformation journey so far?
2: Yes, let's have a go. So um, as I I just mentioned, we we initially looked at what we needed to have in the skill base. So we looked at all of our people, we looked at their skills and, you know, there's a good few gaps. So we tried to fill those gaps with some training and that enabled us to then do um, a big digital strategy. So we're looking at how we can improve things uh, digitally. So the propositions that we've offered. Um, especially over the last six weeks with covid we've done a lot more digital journeys on our apps and our website i you mean know, a huge amount more um is available for customers to do self-service uh, digitally which wasn't available six weeks ago and the app on the app store um has had you know a lot of downloads it gets good ratings so we we, we feel we're getting it you know as, about as right as we can uh, given the speed we're moving at um so we did a big digital journey we did a big data journey so um, we had someone who used to be the chief uh, data officer for British Army. Um, really interesting chap. Uh, he's retired. He's gone into training. He came into some training around data. He then did an um, analysis uh, using an industry model of where our data maturity was, and we looked at the tech. what the tech team thought. We looked at what the commercial team thought. It was absolutely fascinating because they both had a different perception. The commercial team thought most of what we offer them was great, and the, the engineering team, the IT team thought it was awful. <laughs> um but it was the same technology so i'm not quite sure why but anyway so then we had <laughs> the discussions around the difference and we worked out why um people thought it was good and bad and the engineers all had a very hard view on them on their on themselves and what they had done whereas the commercial guys are actually quite happy so that was an interesting learning point for both sides so we did digital we did data we've done cyber done a massive grc um governance risk and uh, compliance review and uh, we've invested in the security team Uh, We're working with emphasis on a a project to uh, change the geography of our security operations um, between uh, one constant and another Um, working through that at the moment, but, you know, again, uh, material improvements in the way we manage uh, security and the sort of working security. Um, Big cultural program. I mentioned earlier, lots of leadership training, management training, personal personal development training, not just in the technical, but in the in the in the self as well. and all of that has led to a massive transformation journey across the piece so we're upgrading our platforms we're moving you know much more to cloud we're cleaning up a lot of our what i call technical debt which is the stuff that should have been worked on and cleaned up years ago but has sort of sat there not being dealt with um you know across our entire estate we've got a massive project we're doing with emphasis to do an upgrade on uh, one of our platforms uh, around that but the same is true across the across the wider it estate so big transformation in people, big transformation in the technology, the cornerstones, the data, digital cyber. Uh, We've added some money into automation. Um, So we've done an awful lot to bring us, you know, fully up to the current day, up to 2020 standards.
1: And how would you characterize Infosys' digital journey so far, Shirak?
0: Right. So for uh, within SSE account, you
1: mean, right? Mm, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right. So I think we we have been sort of pressing on this point of, you know, the need to upgrade systems and, you know, adapt more uh, cloud capabilities. And uh, I think that there have been constraints in the past, either on the budget side or, you know, maybe uh, SSC retail were not ready, but, but now is the right time. And I think uh, we are now working together to modernize some of this legacy estate, upgrade systems, right, and move to the cloud as well. So mm-hmm. that will not only lower cost drastically, but I think it will more importantly give business the needed agility to uh, release products faster. So it will enable faster go to market through continuous integration, continuous delivery mechanisms. And uh, I think that is where we want to go. So it's, it's exciting uh, next nine, 10 months uh, to to work jointly uh, on this initiative.
2: I think there's a, there's a great point there actually that we should probably try capture and emphasize is is the sort of Chirag's point around we probably weren't ready Um, as a business we weren't engaged in it we weren't pushing it hard enough and I think I arrived and had the benefit of a fresh pair of eyes and some experience in technology transformation across a number of different sectors and industries and uh, for a number of different reasons with a brief I think from the group board to actually get the business ready for a sale um and that meant some rapid work needed to be done so um i think there's a, there's a huge point there there has to be an appetite in the business but also there has to be the capability which is where we combine with my own team who've been trained and developed with with emphasis who've done this before and all of that together makes for a massive transformation um a good head start at least if you haven't got all of those things you probably will never get going properly
1: it's a great point actually it's, it's that moment in time you need it's that impetus you need the company's uh, Tardo smart uh, thermostat and smart is generally, they're great examples of how the company is bringing in these exciting new technologies that are driving energy efficiency, low consumer costs, those kind of things. Um, how does SSE intend to expand even further into smart utilities?
2: Hmm. Um, so SSE's got a big agenda with what well, OVO um, now has got a big agenda on um, smart home um and uh, renewables so as i mentioned um before uh, big investments coming into electric vehicles uh, battery charging points uh, car battery charging points in in the height in the streets so on the roadside um additional um engagement with all sorts of um home related energy saving um devices so solar panels ground pumps um that kind of thing so it's a it's a cohesive um carbon reduction energy saving agenda it's not just about smart meter in the home i've got a smart meter here i live in a flat in london um yeah you know, i can't have a solar panel i don't have a roof i can't have a ground pump i have no outside space so for me it's a little bit limited but for those people that have land or uh, you know have a roof or have ground or gardens they can take advantage of all these things you can have a charging point for your car in your drive um etc so everybody's much more about those sorts of wider um conversation agenda items than just smart meters um, or just automated homes it's a bigger agenda for carbon neutrality.
1: And is part of that agenda going to be smart grids and the further integration of renewable energy sources into conventional grid systems?
2: So yes if the um, for example if your car is charging on the drive and it's fully charged and um, the grid and it's going to be there for a few hours because the behavior of how you use your chargeable car will you know your electric car will um, Will become known if it's going to sit there all night and the grid has a sudden demand then it can take a the the plan would be to take some energy out of the car put it back into the grid uh, and that creates your smart grid um and, and you know that's one one example equally um if you've got certain pieces of equipment in your home there's technologies out there that you can um have installed to allow your fridge or your freezer to contribute some energy back into the grid so it can turn itself off for an hour or so um, when the grid has the highest demand so that sort of smart demand smart grid stuff is all part of the wider agenda.
1: Hmm. Um, I'd like to ask you both um, how you think that the COVID-19 pandemic has um, highlighted the necessity for things like automation within R&D and just the general changes that it's brought to the workplace.
2: Um, So COVID-19 has brought all sorts of changes, I think. Um, you know, the way, the amount of homeworking we do, the use of video conferencing technology, you know, like this, I think you know, it's all massive. Um, and our ability to um, socialize online has, has, changed, has changed hugely. In terms of um, automation, um, I think it's difficult to see the main, um, new themes, um, before COVID nineteen, um, you know, industries like ours with customer service operations were looking at you know automation around chatbots, um, automated contact center technologies, uh, you know, help for you know people that didn't need to talk to a human uh, but wanted a near immediate response. So I think that drove that's driven that will go faster. There'll be more investment in those sorts of things as we try and take people um, off of the sort of contact center base into into automated working. And with that, then on the back of that, you've got machine learning and AI, which, again, will start to expand over time. But I think everyone was doing something. COVID-19 has probably accelerated those some things into into a different way of working in the next, certainly next few months as that starts to to, to drop through. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Agree, Phil, and and I think uh, from a COVID-19 perspective for a supplier like us, right, uh, our business continuity plans got massively tested, I would say. You know, this is, you know, one extreme end wherein the entire workforce is working from home. All right. So especially for our India-based employees, right, wherein they used to work out of secured zones audited by uh, SSC security officer once in a year, right. So now they securely connect to those same zones, but from home right and uh, this is the first time ever that we've had the entire offshore start staff work from home mm. so uh, it was all right for the on-site staff but uh you know for offshore to do this so it does give us an alternate model you know for the future
2: yeah i think Chirag's right we've done you know we've worked with, with emphasis to make that happen with the emphasis team but we worked with our own people in-house as well to to make that home working more effective and You know, I miss the office, if I'm honest. Human interaction is a little bit, you know, you build a relationship with people generally face to face, or at least I have over my career. So, yeah, I miss that. But this is definitely going to be more,
1: you know, a more prevalent way of working. Um, Yeah. And what do you think the tech trends that are going to be shaping both the future of SSE and also the energy sector generally will be? Um,
2: So SSE OVA, I think we've sort of talked about some of those. Already, well, I think there's a lot of, everyone thinks of, you know, smart meters and everyone's got one and most people have got one. When you add to that, you know, your car can become part of a smart grid and your, you know, your fr- fridge freezer can become part of a smart grid and other things, you know, you suddenly you realise actually so you're, you're properly, properly connected to everything that's going on around you, you know, grid-wise. We're not there yet, but there's a lot of bits of technology out there that are becoming um, uh, you know, a bit more cohesive in the way they work um and then we become contributors to the grid rather than users of the grid so i think that will change over the next five to ten years probably um maybe 2030 is a great target for everything to be fully integrated but yeah lots of change in manufacturing free trees and manufacturers got providing that devices that can you know be enabled into the grid you know there's there's all sorts of other bits and pieces that need to be put together first but everyone's making a good good headway but in their own discrete sort of
1: technology Um, environments. Is there anything you'd like to expand on there, Shrag?
0: Yeah, I think certainly there's a huge technology investment needed to support distributed energy management, right? So, so, so we, as a company, we have now invested in a POC where we created this framework and platform to support distributed energy management. And currently it is at a POC stage with a US based utility. And I think, uh, as Phil mentioned, in the next five to six years, it will become mainstream because you it is uh, quite, quite complex. Right. When you are a consumer uh, as well, as well as a producer of electricity. Right. Uh, to, to manage the grid and the load. So uh, I think a lot of technology investment will, will go in there.
1: Fantastic. Now, turning to partnerships, um, I guess this is a good opportunity for us to go over the history of Infosys's relationship with SSE, its history and um, what it's currently working on uh, together now. Do you, do you want to lead? Yeah, sure. So the history actually
0: dates back to 2004 when we got into our first MSA with SSE Group. Right. Uh, so that time retail, wholesale uh, and all units were combined under SSE Group. Uh, However, our scale there was small, right? So we we picked up a few projects. Uh We provided skills right on time and material basis. Right. And that continued for a few years. Right. So it was not really very strategic. Right. Uh, It was more about uh, SSE group utilizing Infosys for specific skills or capability, right? Uh, the step change came in 2015 when we were empanelled as one of the MSA partners after a competitive evaluation uh, for a five-year deal, right? And uh, the good part about that deal was there was some percentage of a fees which was which was accrued for innovation activities to be used in the future, right? So, so that does give uh, good leverage to invest in any uh, new technologies, right? Uh, post 2015 we've had uh, several projects successfully executed uh, and the scale kept increasing so in 2017 for example we got selected for SSE Electricity, which is part of SSE group right as one of the panel partners there and then we picked up a project for uh, Oracle Eloqua implementation there so 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 there were several other you know digital capabilities which which started coming to the fore uh, we, we did uh, CI CD enablement, Agile DevOps enablement for the Pega platform uh, for, for, for the telco business. Right. Uh, we picked up security monitoring for the same platform. Uh, so other than our traditional uh, digital systems support and projects, we expanded into quite a few new areas, actually. So as I look at the partnership today, now it is uh, about being more strategic and being more closer to SSE retail's business and seeing you know where we can make a difference
1: and phil yeah
2: i think um Chirag hit the nail on the head earlier when he said you need a great you need a great team around you and i don't differentiate whether that team is um from emphasis or from and uh, whether the, and if they are emphasis whether they're in the uk or in india i don't mind uh, it doesn't make any difference um or indeed whether they're my own team um and my own team again are spread across the UK so um I think uh, although technically obviously emphasis is a partner um I don't I don't look at them in that way I look at them as part of the team we all succeed together Yes, there's a commercial relationship where you know Chirag and I have to have you know, adult conversations around you know what we're each going to do and you know what the money is and how that changes hands. But um, behind that, there's a bunch of engineers and developers and teams that actually just get on and work as if they're all in one, all in one company, all in one place, whether they are in India or the UK or wherever. So, yeah, for me, I try not to have the barriers. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe that needs to be the barriers at all. So that's that for me is part of being a proper partner is you wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell one person from
1: one organization versus another one from a different organization and uh developing on that are there any other um tech-based companies that you'd like to highlight as being especially um, important to your daily operations
2: well i think we work we work with a lot of people um you know there's a number of technologies we work with um uh, you know, Chirag again mentioned you know, cloud providers earlier, you know, AWS and Azure, and, you know, through Emphasis, we are beginning to develop plans to work with those companies um, in a greater way than we already uh, do. Uh, we have some cloud, public cloud in the business from Azure, but little, not, not much from AWS. So those cloud companies are critical to us. Um, and to be honest, anyone that has a, a good quality technology, we would work with Emphasis to. Um, figure out how that technology was integrated into our business and whether it was suitable, et cetera.
1: So um, certainly Cal providers a forefront forefront of mind at the minute. And uh, moving on to projects, does the company have any plans for expansion? Obviously the acquisition is um, it's fairly fresh. Um, so are there any plans right now or are things kind of going to be stable for a while?
2: No, I think I think it's fair to say that, you know, OVO is probably um, still on the acquisition trail. It operates mm-hmm. neat um ssc was more of a uk only uk and Ireland only organization uh ovo isn't Ovo already operates in uh, multiple countries in europe um southeast asia um i think there's a Jap- japanese operation i think there's an australian operation from memory so there's a lot going on worldwide with Ovo. um some of its early stage but yeah they're definitely not finished um growing internationally uh it would appear so lots to do in those countries um Right now, um, you know, it's a big acquisition for OVO. As I said earlier, you know, 1,500 people has become 11,000 people um, with all the technology and the operations. And that goes with that. It's a it's a, it's a big integration to complete over the next few months.
1: Uh, could you please describe for me SSE's involvement in the C-19 business pledge and what the company hopes to achieve with that?
2: So I can't, again, I think this, this is where the branding gets really confusing. So SSE Services is owned by OVO. SSE Group mm-hmm. is still um, SSE Group. It's a different organisation. So I, I can't really comment on SSE Group's involvement in the business mm-hmm. pledge. One thing that probably is worth highlighting, I think is incredibly um, related to the, the pledge, though, is OVO itself has put forward um, a, a um, hardship scheme um, uh, to help customers who are really... Um, struggling through the current period so the founder has put aside 50 million pounds of the company's money um, and it's a hardship scheme so it's not um, given out as such but it is to enable people to change their cash flow pay their bills over a longer period of time adjust their direct debits to a lower amount so those kinds of things that just help take the pressure off financially uh, to the tune of a total of 50 million uh, pounds has been put forward. So again, not so much a C19 business pledge, but certainly something which is timely about COVID right now in the same way as C19 business pledges. Um, but yeah, really, really um, inspirational decision that I think.
1: Now, you uh, you both mentioned earlier that you're working together on a new project. I think I wrote down it was something to do with security. Um, is there, Can you elaborate on the projects which Infosys and SSE are currently working together on?
2: So Chirag rightly mentioned earlier, that you know, there's in order to be hugely successful at transformation, um, businesses have to have A, the budget to do it, B, um, the right people around it. And, you know, partnerships are absolutely critical to that with, in this case, obviously with Infosys and the teams in India and UK with Infosys and and my UK teams. Um, But it also needs um, a bit of drive and the investment I mentioned earlier, the quarter million pound we put into developing the team so they're digital and data and cyber ready has enabled them to have um, a different set of conversations with uh, partnering with Infosys and say, look, these are all the things we want to do. This is where we've got things we want to do on cyber. This is where we've got things we want to do on digital. Um, And it can be down in the servers. It can be up at the application layer. It can be across the entire technology um, domain. And so I think that's probably, uh, certainly for me, um, the effort the team are putting in both the Infosys team and my team to get that project properly set up, um, get the scope right. Um, it's not just about one thing, there's a series of phases that get us towards, um, you know, in much greater use of cloud. Getting all that ready is a really exciting project. Um, it's probably the biggest single um spend item i've got in terms of improving the technology estate right right now i've got some large projects on the go but this one is the biggest single one for improving the estate and getting us you know up to date more digital more data so that's the big one this is the one that you know and hence why i think it's really important we do this kind of conversation um publicly because i think it sets the tone for other businesses to realize to do this kind of stuff you've got to be you'll be fully invested financially you've got the skills in place got a great partner alongside you and then you're just going to go through
1: it you know at pace so And Shrek, anything you'd like to add?
0: Yeah, I think it's the same one, right? So the legacy modernization project, right? Uh, Upgrading the legacy systems and moving them to the cloud uh, is the number one priority this year. So alongside that, that, there are other smaller initiatives like uh, providing agile DevOps capabilities and upscaling uh, the in-house SSE retail team on agile and DevOps, and also defining some of those processes. Uh, So that will uh, go alongside with the legacy
1: modernization project. Now, consumers are probably going to be experiencing some very difficult circumstances at the moment. How is SSE promoting a very customer-centric way of working to address their problems?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we mentioned earlier about uh, adding journeys and features and functionality to the digital state, the apps, whether it's iOS or Android and the website. So we are pushing really, really hard to give Everyone that can access a digital channel—not everybody can. Not everyone has the technology, not everyone has the skills. But those that are able um, can do their uh, do more of their um, energy um, uh, business online. So you know they can look at their bills, they can do other, they can change direct debits, they can do uh, they can do other things that they need to do on a sort of daily, weekly, monthly basis. So massive push on that. Um, and then I think to a point around difficult circumstances. A point I made just now about the um, yeah, the welfare scheme, the, the hardship scheme, to help people through the coming weeks and months financially, take the pressure off of their finances a little bit. Hopefully, um, it is a massive investment. That fifty million pounds again is a massive investment for um, you know for a company to make. But we believe that we are the only energy company in the UK that's done that. Uh, we haven't seen anyone else do anything, let alone fifty million pounds. So we think that's innovative and unique and you know, very much in the spirit of helping people get through the the, the coming weeks and and months ahead on a sort of financial basis. So I think those two things really important, you know, giving people access so they can do what they need to do online uh, through digital channels and where people have got, you know, finance um, concerns, they can reach out and hopefully get some support that's valuable to them. Um, Those are the two big things in, in terms of difficult circumstances, I think.
1: And a question for you both in terms of um, the market difficulties and what maybe they've shown needs to be improved about operations for business. Um, do you have any opinions on that? Sure.
0: Right, I think uh, one of the key challenges to address is the mindset and the culture, right? So so uh, So though our teams get well integrated, right, with the client teams, sometimes they do adapt that culture as well. right? So uh, if the mindset becomes more legacy, then there's difficulty in adapting to change for the digital. So it's about making them uh, you know, run faster than what they used to do right in the past. And also be more agile, uh, more of a startup kind of mentality that needs to be adopted now. Right. So I think that is that is the biggest change. Right. Where you do things in smaller chunks, do them fast. Right. Uh, prove the value faster uh and then move on to the next initiative so so it's about that agile mindset whereas i think our teams and most of our teams have spent more than four years now with SSE retail so as SSE retail goes to the culture change you know i have to drive some of the cultural behavioral change uh, on my side as well
2: yeah i think it's, it's fascinating again back to shirag's earlier point around appetite um it isn't just you know if you've got a team that's been in place my team included team that's been in place for many, many years, who have got used to a way of working, got used to a culture, got used to a pace that is slower than the pace that is today's necessary needed pace. Um, then to suddenly turn that round over a matter of days or weeks is quite hard. And, you know, I think there was a question earlier you, you you touched on around sort of leadership, you know, what does that leadership style look like to achieve that? And I think, you know, people will only respond to a change in pace when they can see it coming from around them and above them as well, and they're enabled to go quicker it's no good just saying to someone you've got to go quicker you've actually got to show people how to do that when they've got 20 or 30 years of not going at that that pace but it's a again team effort emphasis have been great at responding really fast um they're a key partner with us on that transformation journey so yeah but it's a it's a learned behavior to go at certain speeds. so changing it to a different pace is 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 quite a challenge
1: looking ahead to the future now could both of you please tell me what your vision is both for SSE and infosys separately and together for what you'll achieve um, in the rest of 2020 and beyond
0: yeah i think my vision would be to become uh, more strategic to SSE and be a partner of choice right and i need to earn that uh, you know title to be the partner of choice right uh, through, through good delivery so delivery has been very good so far. And on this transformation initiative, which is key this year, right? Uh, I would like to prove that, you know, we are an equally good partner on digital transformation, right? And so that we become uh, the, the digital partner of choice uh, for, for SSC Retail.
2: No, I think that's great. I'd, I'd, I'd echo um, the comment i made around partner of choice. I mean, I was speaking to Chirag before I actually technically started my role we met up mm. and we had a call at least uh, I met up with Infosys and we had a conversation about me before it actually really got going so the reason I did that was because I'd worked with Infosys historically and always had a good you know a good relationship and a great a great set of um, deliverables from the, the team in my previous roles so that that relationship carries across not just one company and one role but you know through life in 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 industry so the you know great aspiration we'll definitely deliver on that I think for me if I look back on 2020 at the end of 2020, um, obviously we. You know much uh much of the year will be about covid but i think if um it's really easy to get buried in one thing and only potentially you know address the issues presented by covid you know, i've got a lot of I've got a big team that want to continue and do business as usual and do things that aren't related to covid if i'm honest um and uh and that innovation and the transformation we're doing with emphasis and the digital journey uh is huge so if i look back at the end of 2020 and i can demonstrate that i've led the IT team at SSE Energy Now OVO through digital transformation, through data transformation, cyber transformation, they culturally and and personally develop themselves, and they've found better relationships working with our partner community emphasis, Um, then that would be a really solid result.
1: For the purposes of the article I'm going to be writing up, is there a key message or theme that you would both like to emphasize?
2: from my perspective you've caught a load of them actually between us we've, we've all three of us we've, we've caught a lot of great stuff um it, it's about leading from the front so it's about leadership it's about getting stuff done at pace i love the word pace it's a it's a nice i love, I love pace as a word you know you mentioned the word velocity and everyone thinks about you know sort of science and engineering and if, agi- <laughs> if you work in the agile development space it's a term they use and you you people get a bit confused so pace is good people understand pace you know runners go at pace other things move at pace so i like pace i want to get i want to get this done um i want to change the mindset as in as, as sort of are helping us to do uh, with your a support to you know just get on and get stuff delivered and and you know show people that it isn't supposed to be it is not a sort of back office function it's a business-led function it, ha- it can go fast it isn't always slow it isn't always obstructive it can go with you know reactive and proactive um into and with the business and be a partner i think if if covid has done one thing for the it community in every company around the world it's show that we can suddenly get stuff done that was otherwise thought impossible or wouldn't wasn't permitted shirag mentioned working at home for your, your your teams in india that wasn't permitted a few a few weeks ago now it's almost the norm and probably will remain so so culture change industry change definitely technology change better working um you know, models and output with, with, with the partner, uh, teams, um, that would be my 2020, I think. And Shurag?
0: Yeah, nothing else. I mean, very, very proud of this, uh, you know, successful relationship with SSC retail. And as I said, uh, very keen to take it forward in the right way and, you know, uh, looking forward to more successes this year.
2: And yeah,
0: thanks Bill for all the support so far, you know,
2: and ditto thanks for you guys it's been great it's been really going well so great
1: good well thank you gentlemen that uh that concludes the interview um as you said phil i think we've got a lot of good content there guys thank That's you so great. much we'll yeah. to meet you sure, good to see you yeah. see indeed you it's been a pleasure you. thank
2: you so much take care Bye. bye bye, bye.